Parents, welcome to Training Wheels, our parenting podcast here at Central Church. Uh, before I get started today, I want to just remind you of an upcoming event here at Central called Parents' Night Out. Uh, it's being put on by Restoration Generation, Tom Henderson's ministry. It's this Friday night, 7 o'clock, uh, and they're talking about navigating the different phases of our children's lives. It's a parenting seminar uh, that I think you might be interested in. You can get tickets and more information by going to their website at resgen.org. We've been in a, a sermon series the last few weeks at Central called Focus. The purpose of the series is to look at our life through a different lens, the, the lens of, of oikos. And when we look at our life through the lens of oikos, we see God's purpose come into greater focus for our lives. This, this past weekend, we looked at a woman in the New Testament named Lydia. When God wanted to bring the gospel of Christ into Europe, yeah, he directed Paul to Lydia. And I think part of the reason was uh, because women tend to be nurturers and men tend to be exhorters. Nurturers guide people toward emotional health and good relationships. Exhorters guide people toward achievement and productivity. And I shared in the sermon, most men find their identity in achievement and most women in relationships. And in that sermon, I asked the men in the congregation, hey, if you take your your family to play putt-putt golf or uh, miniature golf, whatever you call it, what's the goal? And the men shouted out, to win. And I'm like, that's right, because men are um, motivated by achievement. When I asked my wife what the purpose was, the, the purpose wasn't to win. It was to be together as a family. It was to, it was to enjoy each other. She said, in fact, we, we don't even need to keep score, which drove me crazy because I was in it to win it. But that just shows the difference at times between men and women. Men are motivated to achieve. Women are motivated by relationships. Um, I pushed my kids to succeed. In, in sports, in school, and whatever they did. My wife nurtured them emotionally. I talked to them about better performance. She talked about relational struggles. I exhorted. She nurtured. So no surprise that when they had uh, struggles or failures, they went to mom instead of dad because they wanted to experience grace, not be scolded or told what they did wrong. It's not about being male or female. It's about nurturing relationships. That's what Lydia did so well. And as parents, we have to be able to both exhort and nurture, challenge our kids to higher levels and love them and, and value relationship and nurture their hearts at the same time. Paul alludes to that in, in 1 Thessalonians. He said in verse 7 of chapter 1, we, we meaning Paul's male leadership team, we, we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her children. Paul said we became like women in that we nurtured, we uh, dealt tenderly with the church. In verse 11, he says, just as you know, how we were exhorting, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children. Paul said we, we learned to do both. We tenderly nurtured and we exhorted. They were like the parents of the church. So I want to share with you quickly just, just four qualities of nurturers. And, and in, in our context, and for you as parents, what does it look like to nurture your kids? Let me share four quick things. The first is this. Nurturers initiate contact. They're, they're proactive, not reactive. They don't just engage their kids when there's a need. They engage them for relationship. 
I've had to learn this as a, as a, a leader of a, a large and growing staff here at church, and many of our most, most recent hires have been millennials, younger people, or Gen Zers. And one of the things I've been told over and over about this younger generation is they value relationship. Uh, they, they want to be known. They want to be heard. Uh, they, they don't just want you to address them when there's a need or they've, they've done something wrong. Um, I've had to learn that it's important for me to pop into their office, not when I need to have a discussion about performance, but just to find out how they're doing. Uh, I'll get much better performance out of them when I uh, nurture them and nurture the relationship. And parents, it's the same with you. Um, you have to not only be engaged with your kids' lives uh, for issues, uh, but for relationship as well. Initiate contact with them. Go to them not just because there's a need, but because you love them and you just want to engage in conversation. Nurturers also are listeners. They carefully listen. They, they stop talking long enough to learn about the person. Um, I, I often hear, but sometimes I don't listen. Um, I, I'm not always great at uh, listening attentively as to what people are saying and getting an insight into their lives. Nurturers ask a lot of questions. Nurturers force people to go beyond when you say, how are you? And they say, I'm good or I'm fine. Um, Nurturers push through that. Why are you good? Or are you really good? Uh, To ask questions like, what challenges are you facing right now? And then listening and learning from that. The next thing that nurturers do is they, they remember details. They not only initiate contact, they not only are careful listeners, but they remember the things they're hearing. So parents make a point when you engage your children in conversation to remember what you heard. I should be able to ask you anytime as a parent, what's your child's biggest stressor right now at school? And you should be able to answer that question. You should know what is causing them the most stress. Or if I asked you what relationship in their life is most challenging right now, you should be able to answer that. Hey, let me encourage you when you're engaging your, your children in these conversations, not because there's a need, but just because. Uh, th- there shouldn't be any electronics with you or with your kid. Um, don't let them be on the phone. And, and don't be watching TV or engaged in something else when you're trying to have this conversation. Put them aside and just look them in the eye and say, can, can we just talk for a couple minutes? And ask how you can pray for them. Write it down. Uh, circle back later and follow up and say, hey, remember we talked about this and Uh, this detail, how's it going? The last thing I want to say is that uh, nurturers meet needs. They not only become aware of the details of their children's lives and not only aware of the needs, but they they engage them in conversation. So parents, let me just ask you to, and encourage you, to talk to your kids not only about the needs in their life or what's going on, um, but what are some possible solutions to that problem? Don't, Don't impose a solution on them. Engage them in conversation and say, what, what do you think would be the best way to solve that problem? What do you think would be the best way to deal with that issue? And discuss those solutions with them. And then surprise them by following through to meet a need. You can't do everything, but you can do something. Lydia changed her world by nurturing her relationships. And parents, you can change your children's world by nurturing their hearts. It's interesting, we don't read the King James, version, King James Version of the Bible anymore, but it actually uses the word nurture in the context of parenting. In Ephesians 6, 4, it says, And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. 
In other words, what one thing could you do this week to both nurture and exhort your kids? Just something to think about today, parents, as you uh, continue this, this challenging process of raising godly children, um, to, to think through how are you doing with the balance of exhorting them to greater success, to greater achievement, you know, holding them accountable, but also nurturing their hearts, tenderly caring for them, uh, being the person that they go to when they fail because they know they're going to be loved and not necessarily scolded. Hey, God bless you this week. Hope this stimulated some thoughts for you as parents, and we'll catch you next week. God bless.